gentlemen from around the Delaware Valley, welcome to Legal Talk with Jeff Nirenberg. We've got a fantastic show. Uh, we're, Jeff, we've got a, a lot going on around the Delaware Valley. Exciting time. Um, you know, sports, you, we, we always like to uh, you know, open up the broadcast uh, with a little sports talk. Uh, but before we do, let's introduce our guest so we can bring him into that conversation. He's a big sports fan as well. Dr. Monir Farah. Doctor, how are you, sir? I'm um, good. Thank you guys for having me. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's great to have you. We're going to talk a little baseball. Now, Jeff, where did you go to high school? So I'm Abington to Penn State. Okay. And, 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 and Doc, where did you go? I'm um, actually Central High School. So I'm going to be kind of class. teaching you guys a little bit about baseball right now. I'm a Roman guy. <laughs> I got I, I to gotta throw in Class 260. I got to throw that in there. Central Cla- Class 260. My yeah. dad's 83. He's class of, uh, wow. wow, like 166 or, yeah, I used to, By the used, way, I used to know this. It's very interesting because Roman Catholic's the first Catholic school in the country. So we're Is like it, 200 and – uh, I don't think we're as old as Central. I don't. I don't. I don't think. But but I'm just saying, there's a lot of history there. Yeah, one six six. That's all boys then, right? Oh. He was all boys. Oh yeah. oh yeah. When did it open up to girls? The 80s, oh, 90s. That's a good question. It, it's not. It, it's not. I that didn't even long know ago. it was. Yeah. I oh, thought yeah. girls wasn't girls high the uh, the girls cent- uh, you know counterpart to Central. Or? Yeah, but they combined in the oh, late what, 80s, early 90s. Is that what you did? When I went, it was it was both uh, boys right. and girls. Yeah, it was boys and girls. So. Right. Uh, girls high st- still and was and still is down the street. So, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, I but didn't. It's, it's co-ed. It's been co-ed for quite some time. So right now, uh, you know, and I, what a, what an amazing, amazing last week or so in, in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, you know, with with baseball, and it's awesome that you guys are baseball guys, minor league uh, player, Doc. You know, and, and, and you know, some. Tell us what, a little position? bit about that. You were just telling us off mic, but I want you to tell us a little bit about your baseball <laughs> career. Uh, what played, position, by the way? I uh, played shortstop, second base. Um, you know, a little bit of pitching when you're younger. You look like you play linebacker now, though, bro. I you, do. Ja- he's there's, jacked. There's nothing else to do but lift weights and play golf. So. Yeah. Right? You're married? I am married. Um, beautiful wife. Awesome. She's a, she has her doctorate in pharmacy. She has her PharmD. Um, three kids, two girls, eight and six, and awesome. my son is two. Wow. So you're kind of busy and you're getting them workouts out work with the workouts out and in, in, in early in the, in the morning or yeah you fit it in when you can fit it in yeah that's how it is you had a baby during COVID I remember what was that like um so it was February of 2020 so it was a right month before. or so right before yeah. it all hit the fan so because um, we had lunch I, I almost think like right before that and then COVID hit and the world shut down yeah, it, it's kind of weird right because like when it first hits and you know everyone's scared you know you have this newborn baby and it kind of worked out perfect right because you're like all right you know everyone has to stay away from everyone yeah. And, oh yeah so it, it wasn't too weird at first but um but definitely the unknown and, and having a, a newborn baby during during the time when uh the news was not good about COVID. i mean they scared the crap out of people with what was happening Absolutely, yeah. but let, let, let's. You know, having said that, okay, uh, we all love baseball. Jeff and I talk of sports. Uh, you know, it's oh, by the way. I mean, it's a, a good time to be. Man, how about this week? Yeah. The, a Dallas week in this in the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. Dallas yeah. week, Phillies week, it's and the, then I'm Penn State. There's Penn State, Michigan on yeah. Saturday at noon, it's which crazy. is big, also. Absolutely. So, having said that, um, you know. Some some great. This is my favorite time of the year when you got football, you got baseball, basketballs lining up. Um, let's talk a little Phillies. Sure. Uh, you know, certainly, 
we're th- you know I, this is going to air tomorrow so and i don't know it's supposed to rain so so this is i think we're yeah i t- mean yeah. tonight it's supposed to rain who knows if we're playing or not but as of right now while we're recording this broadcast we've won three playoff games in a row yeah we're up 1-0 it's uh, the Braves. It's 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 great right now. It's incredible, know, so isn't it? it? Is. it I mean, is. who thought we were going to sweep the the Cardinals? Listen, when's the last time we talked about Phillies in October? Right? So incredible. never. It's been eleven <laughs> it's years. Been a long it's time, been eleven so. years. Well, talk about you know like the what? What do you think about the new the format though? Especially round one, where it's it's like an away series. Like it's not. You know, home game, away game, home. You know what I mean? It was a very interesting dynamic. And what it shows me is this. You got to win the first game. Yeah. And, and, and it's great that they just won the first game of the Atlanta series. It's oh. such a big advantage. And oh. I want to play today so badly because you have Zach Wheeler on, on the mound. And if they win today, and Zach Wheeler's from Atlanta, he's excited. He's done well against Atlanta. If they go up 2-0, wow. Well, you know, you might but be playing I, those Dodgers. Let me, tell you, <laughs> let me tell you something right now. I, you know, Zach pitching tomorrow with an extra day's rest right. wouldn't hurt my feelings. What, what do you think, Doc? Um, I, li- I like the new format. You know, I, did, I, I like that there's more playoff teams. I thought, I thought in the past that there wasn't enough teams that made the playoffs for as long as the season was, right? And then they try to do this one-game elimination. and that's That just, was ridiculous. That's just not still. enough, right? right. That's oh, it's not. not. Right. It's not. You one know, game out of 162 that's, that's, games. That's, that's, is, yeah. that's crazy. Right. You know, but so. you know what's interesting? Have you ever, have you ever looked? Google the Yankees and, and all their world championships. Okay, they got like 25. But my point, if you actually look at it, back then, and they were great teams and there was no free agency. So when you were great, you were great for decades. But they didn't have playoffs. You won a division. You went right to the World Series. That's such an advantage, isn't it? Oh, my God. Think about that for a second. So the Yankee fans should stop bragging. Yeah, stop bragging. Jeez. It was like 10 10, uh, teams in your division. I don't even think that. Did you you guys see the game yesterday where Donaldson hit the ball off the wall? Oh, yeah, I saw it. You know, right right field's already like 280, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's stopping. He's he's celebrating a a fly ball. I know. So I personally hate the Yankees and all the New York teams as – as many Philadelphians do, I'm going to die if they lose Aaron Judge. After what they just went through, Aaron Judge, you know, they offered him $213 million. Yeah. He said no. He bet on himself and then hit 62 home runs and set the American yeah. League record. Imagine if he goes to the Dodgers, the Mets, or a rival team, and the Yankees lose out on a generational talent. Well, it's a, it, it, i got to say, I, I, you know, I love Aaron Judge. Uh, he just has that perfect like if you're going to have a hero right uh, the guy is you know he's just a uh, seems like a s- incredibly yeah. quality person yeah he's squeaky clean right oh off, off and on the field yeah, yeah not to mention six seven two eighty one that play hurt. center field at, when, you know a, a lot of the time and and he's like the poster boy yeah. for like you know piss rocket for an arm can hit home run oh the dr farrett so he hits 62 homers, is he the, home, is he the true home run champ? No. Okay. No. So you're still with Bonds and, and with, you know, with Sosa and McGuire. I mean, listen, it, you're, you're opening up a can of worms here, right? <laughs> I just like, very your, interesting I, conversation. I just want your hot take. I want your, uh, your knee-jerk reaction to I, how some people are saying that he's the home run I champ. I mean, listen, Bonds is, in my opinion, yeah. the greatest player to ever play this game. 
besides Ruth. And the only the only reason why I say besides Ruth because his numbers were comical. So, you know, you put him aside, and Bonds is by far the greatest player to ever play this game. He was. Did it bother you, though, when it was pretty clear that he cheated? You know, he took the steroids and the clear and the cream I, and all the, that. The, but the, I don't even think they were illegal back then. I'm not sure that they were illegal. Uh, I know that when, when, when McGuire and him, the, you know, they, the growth hormone and all was, was not illegal. Um, and... It's very it, – it, listen, it's it, – I – by the way, Maguire and Sosa saved the game. We just got done that sh- – that, that not, was a strike and they lost the World Series. And right. They brought back the home they, run chase. Right. I'm not saying – so that's a very interesting question. Um, and I think – but I, I can say he is the American League leader, though. My, dad is, my dad's 80 – going to be 83, and he's a purist, and he looks at this Aaron Judge, and he thinks that he – you know, we are not worthy. He just thinks that Aaron Judge is, is the guy. So, so to answer your question, everyone in Bond's era was on steroids. True. Yeah. Even true. pitchers. that right. even, even Clemens and even, Pettit. Even players that guys. took it and couldn't hit 200. <laughs> so – was Bonds a Hall of Fame player before he took steroids? He was. Yeah. Why he did was. he take steroids? To be the greatest everyone, ever. Everyone took steroids. And by, and, by, and by the way, if you remember that year, uh, he first of all, listen, Babe Ruth's a mythical figure, and and and, and you can't you know, listen. Thank God for him. But I would say this, and every year is different. Um, I, so since we're talking baseball, all this is a opens up a Pandora's box. But think about it. Uh, there were no black players or no, no, no you know, no Spanish players. Right. Um, and uh, God knows what the ball was. And, and who knows how Dead developed ball. the game was. Listen, doesn't take anything away from the guy because he was playing in the only league he could play in. And so he's clearly a mythical figure. But We're talking about Ruth. Ruth, Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. 378, 55 home runs. 20-game winner for the Red yeah. Sox as a pitcher. Yeah. And so, listen, you know, we all credit, you know. It's, I mean, obviously, he's Babe Ruth. You know, you, you know, so, but when you look at today's era, what's really nuts about what Aaron Judge did, have you ever seen in your entire life more players, more pitchers throwing 100 miles an hour? It's ridiculous. Like, it is. there's not a team without three guys that throws, you know, like Nolan Ryan was throwing 100, 101, 102, 103. Okay. Ten years ago, we'd go to the Phillies game, Billy Wagner would throw 100, and they, people would die. Go nuts. Like, oh, my God, you get yeah. a free case of Tasty Cakes yeah, for every yeah, yeah. time <laughs> he threw 100. Like 98. Oh, right. 99. <laughs> well, well, Doc, what do you think now that is? everybody. What, yeah. do you, what do you think that is? You know, why? Or play, you know, or, I mean, is it a, a, a training? And, and, and Maybe, yeah. Obviously, the science behind sports is, you know, far and beyond what it's been the last 20, 30 years. You know, you got training. You have um, – you know, you have all these experts in every single field, you know, like just look at LeBron. We talked about this about LeBron James, you know, he dedicates like one to two million dollars a year just for his health. You know, chef, uh, masseuse, trainer, nutritionist, you know, nutritionist, stretch artist, guys exactly. that stretch yeah, him whatever, out, whatever oh, yeah. that is, you know, yeah. but we used to have to do all that ourselves. You know? Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, it, 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 different. and that's what it must be the, the training and, and, and the uh, development I mean, look at our guy, uh, you know, our, with the big lefty with the beard. Um, uh, 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 Alvarado. Alvarado. And what, I'll tell you what, right now, whatever he was did down in the minor leagues, oh, it worked. Because when he came back, he when he was when he went down there, his control was, you know, they, they sent him down for three weeks, he came back up. 
uh, the best left-handed, uh, you know, uh, reliever in baseball. Yeah, just look at Tommy John, right? Yeah, in Tommy the, John. In is, the past, you would get you knew you would need Tommy John. Your career was done. There's uh, no coming back. Now you're that. better. Now Stronger, you're better, faster. Now kids are electing <laughs> to get Tommy John to throw faster. It's amazing. It's, yeah, it's, it's insane. Well, but, I, they say never give up on your dreams, so I'm thinking about getting time. <laughs> to end this discussion you know, really quickly, quickly. good point. To end this, Rob, our, our coach, our, our intern oh, manager, is now the manager. Oh, yeah. It is one of the most remarkable turnarounds to think where Joe Girardi was, you know, under 500, 10 games, to where they are now. I think it was 21 <laughs> games over 500. He just got an extension. He got his extension, and he's going to get manager of the year. I mean, he's not going to win, but he's going to get votes. And he just has pushed all the right buttons. Well, ironically, uh, Snicker was in the same situation, Brian Snicker. And right. I, that's an inspirational. I mean, I want him to go down and, in, 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 uh, you know, it, it flames it for this series. But I'm a huge fan of him and Rob Todd. Guys that, uh, you know, stuck around until the lifers. You know, right. The li- and, and, and so, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it does show you that, that you know, that, <laughs> you know, that, you know, follow that dream and, and do what you got to do. Having said that, um, Doc, uh, you know, cer- certainly uh, I'm excited about this broadcast. And if you would, tell our tell our, our listeners uh, a little bit about yourself and the practice. So I am a second-generation chiropractor. Uh, my father, he passed away in 2007, so I was actually in my first uh, semester of medical school. Um, he was a chiropractor as well. Um, I have currently two offices in the city of Philadelphia, one in the Alney Junietta area and one in the far northeast or the northeast uh, part of Philadelphia. And we're a practice where um, we're an integrative practice. So we have, you know, physical therapy, chiropractic care. We have an in-house pain management doctor as well. Um, And we, you know, we specialize in treating um, patients who are injured, um, injured in car accidents, injured at work, slip and falls. Um, whatever the case may be. So, and in, and and the two uh, locations are um, one the exact addresses. Or no, no, just the, the one up in the northeast, the Mayfair area. Yeah, and the second one is actually, ironically, not too far from where I grew up in the Alleny Feltonville area. Yeah. So. Okay, so I grew. Up, I, I I lived uh, in Juniata. So we're right off of C in Wyoming. I was at Claridge and Luzerne, next oh. to Arts Food Market. There I had more hoagies from there. I was 150 pounds <laughs> before I got married. Right? When, when did the second office open? I know it opened. Uh, what year did that open? So we actually opened that uh, maybe two and a half years ago, right? Coming. It was all around the time when you were having a baby and there was COVID. So this was, yeah, this was planned. I remember. This was planned to expand and then COVID hit. And, right. you know, there was a few challenges, but, um, you know, we have a great staff, great group of doctors, you know, um, the MAs, the office managers, everyone works as a team. And were you open during COVID? How how was that that first year? You know how did, how did it go in the offices? We were. We actually never. Cl- we only closed. Uh, I think there was a week or so. It was like mandated to close. Right. Um, it was it was a challenge, you know, especially for me as the owner. It was uh, a lot of juggling pieces, you know. A lot of uncertainty for me too as a lawyer. I mean, we didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, it seemed like. You know, everyone either would call out because they were scared to get COVID or they got COVID. It was it was just kind of juggling all that to make sure that not only the patients were safe, but my staff was safe and the doctors were safe. So, did you get involved with telehealth at all, or did you make mostly people come in? You know, we did telehealth for maybe about a month or so, and then I sort of to realize that if you're a medical doctor, if you're an MD or a DO, um, and you know you're whatever your specialty is, but you're sitting down, you're talking to a patient either on a phone or, or through, um, you know, camera or whatever, and you can talk to them and then, um, 
prescribed medication, that works great. But when you're a chiropractor and you physically have to touch the patient. It's a hands-on profession. Yeah, very hands-on, right? And then there's a a big physical therapy aspect involved to it. It just, it wasn't really working well. So um, we decided to about scratch it about after a month or so. Mm -hmm. It it is, uh, chiropractic is is, is, uh, so advanced now. You see your chiropractor more than you, well, way more than you see your family doctor. It's part of your your, you know, your daily routine, uh, or at least weekly. Um, and, I mean, and athletes travel on the road. I remember Cole Hamels for years had to have his traveling chiropractor, and he fought with the Phillies for years about bringing his chiropractor on the road, and it, it I think, prolonged his career. Well, I think it's an advanced mentality too, right? I think, like, you're, you're talking about 15, 20 years ago. When you say doctor, you only think about a medical doctor. Who's going to give me medication, right? Now, you know, you can you can – you know, most people look up to you. You can you can be an ND, right? Most people look up to a naturopathic doctor or a DC, or it, it's it's whatever works, or a PT. It's whatever works for that person. Well, well, well let me just jump on there because I can tell, and I and I think, and tell me, you know, I'd love to hear what your your greatest satisfaction of your job is. I'll tell you what I what I think about chiropractic that I don't think anybody would argue with, and that is, it's the only place I've ever gone where I've walked in bent over. And walked out straight and, and, and relieved, like you know. That doesn't happen with other doctors and other, other no. health professionals. Yeah, it doesn't. Absolutely not. You walk out with a prescription. With 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 chiropractic, I've walked in scared, thinking I I'm going to have to have surgery because I have uh, my neck is you know I've had issues with it for a long time. It's probably like arthritis, whatever it is. Uh, I, I thought oh, I did it this time, okay, and walked out. Uh, and and a totally changed man. What 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 is that? How, how does that happen? <laughs> so I, I think I, I think uh, you're right. I think with the chiropractic part of the care, I think that's one of the, the quickest um, you know sort of pain reliefs that you can get. Right. Obviously, there's some more severe cases where it takes a little bit of, of time. Of course. But I think there is a place for every sort of healthcare provider. Right. Whether it's MD or DC or DO. And I think nowadays we're in 2022. I think most of those doctors have embraced that and learned to work together a lot better than say like maybe in the 70s and 80s and maybe early part of 90s where chiropractic wasn't accepted it wasn't it wasn't well it, 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 it was, was alternative they were thre- yes. they were threatened sure right just just how like in the 40s and 50s the mds were threatened by the do's um, you know, the MDs looked at the DOs oh, yeah. and they said yeah, that okay. they're, they're not real doctors. Even yeah. when I started in this profession of personal injury in the early 90s, <laughs> sending to DOs was a little bit still awkward. And, and clients would be like, I'm not going to a DO. I'm only going to go well, to like, an MD. Doc, you know, I get what you're saying, that the, the, the mainstream medical industry was threatened of the new, uh, you know, the new techniques coming in, the new professionals coming in. Um, and eventually, though, you know, like in other words, you find your chi- a good chiropractor. Um, it's just like anything else in life. You find a good mechanic, you keep him. Right? But what you your father so true. But what your father uh, experienced, yeah. and in a lot of ways, that generation was a generation that broke it through. Like in other words, they stuck through all that being threatened and have to deal with that conversation. No, they definitely paved the way. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously, uh, 
you know, like I said, he passed away early and our goal was to, you know, me graduate and oh. work together and practice together and build together. And, you know, that unfortunately didn't happen. Was he the main inspiration or did you always feel like you were going to be um, he, he a, was. a medical provider? Um, he was, you know, he was. Um, yeah, you know, he definitely... Uh, my father was a lawyer, and I worked yeah. with him, and obviously that was an inspiration yeah, he, for me. He, he definitely so. was a, a great inspiration, and he, you know, looked up to him a lot. And um, but he he also was the type of person where he he you know he didn't um, force you to do a specific thing, right? He opened your eyes to a lot of things and let you kind of um, you know fall in love with you know the path, right? If if you when made. did you when did you uh, graduate from high school? 2010. Okay, so you, you graduated. Did you start before he passed? I was in my first semester oh. of Mets, of Cairo school when he unfortunately... Bridgeport, he uh, University of Bridgeport. University of Bridgeport in right. Connecticut, yeah. So I actually... Did you ever go back? Have you gone um, back to the area? You know, it sounds like you had deep <clears throat> roots there. You spent a yeah, lot of time. Yeah, so I spent like about four four years there, lived there. Um, you know, great teachers, great friends. I still talk to a lot of... Um, you know, friends and teachers from there. In the years afterwards, I would, you know, go back. They they would always invite me for either an event or a golf event, you know. But, you know, as time goes and you have kids and, you, you know, busy. business grows, it's right. it's just really tough to get out. Do you ever think, especially, you know, you've gone, you know, so, okay, you're, you're not only a chiropractor but also a business owner. And do you ever think to yourself, especially during that scary time, and Jeff, you talked about it as well. Yeah. Um, you know, during during the COVID time, do you ever think to yourself what 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 he had done during this time, and and, and back to some conversations that, that you know, like just okay, you know, we're gonna have blind faith here because we believe what we're doing. He being my father. Yeah, like, do you ever think about what he would have done during? Yeah, of and, course. Yeah, you think about that, but you know, he, I, you know, he also instilled a lot of, uh, um, I guess smarts in me where when I started early in my career and I was able to gather some money, I accumulated a lot of like, you know, certain assets outside of the business. So, sure. you know, so that way when a rainy day like COVID came, oh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of those assets was yeah were pretty, available to you. Yeah. A really good backup just in case. So, you, you know, having said that though, that I, what I, I love what you, so in a business sense, yeah. it's almost like developing your business and layering it. I was in I was in the nightclub business for 15 years. Okay. Okay. I I, I know you had that pegged as soon as you met me, right? I actually <laughs> sold my club in 2015, right? Which what was the name of it? Well, Emerald City. And okay. A, yeah, a second between Spring Garden and Cow Hill, and you know, that, to lit Ultra Bar. So we had a, de- a decent amount of uh, uh, business models, and so um, my brother and I, and we had partners for each model. But one thing we learned was to layer our business. So don't just depend on DJs. Don't just depend on uh, birthday parties. Although the birthday parties were really in a sense, we, we, we were diversified, diversified, that's right. diversified. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and, and people would look at me when they would come in and they go, man, you got, you, this is a great liquor selling place. I'd be like, I look at it as a data collection machine. Okay. Yeah. Like in other words, I, I'm collecting data and, and, and had the opportunity to surround myself with good people. And by the way, treat others well. So when the tough time came for us, they were, you know, they would, te- they, you know, they, I think that that's for, for any business and, and, you know, being open to being educated 
and to learn from what's around you and other businesses and uh, you know and 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 the law is uh, no and 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 your own medical practice. By the way, what I love about this conversation right now is we have entrepreneurs in the house. Yeah, absolutely, chief entrepreneur right there. <laughs> Jeffrey, right? There. That's right. Yeah. But, but you know, you, you know, there's. So, I talked to a lawyer one time, and I'm not going to say his name because he's a good friend. We do radio with him, and um, he 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 left his firm, his uh, a firm that he was working with for his own firm. When he got to the door of his own firm, he turned back around. He realized, he said, oh, my God, I just left a steady paycheck for uh, for this business, and he was not yet ready. He has since opened his own place. But but that's that's not to cut you off. No, but please. That, that is the most important thing to know about yourself is whether you're the type of person that is business-minded and you want to open up your own business or whether you're the person that you're comfortable with you know, working for somebody, receiving a, a steady paycheck. There's nothing wrong with no. either or. You just have to know, don't ever try to like put shoes on that that's not a good fit for you. Yes. It's and, so, so true. I, yeah. I totally agree. I worked for people for the first six or seven years and realized early on that I, I needed to do this myself. It was so hard, the structure and being told all these things. And, and eventually I knew that I had to try it myself. And even when you have a really bad year on your own, it's still better for me than working for somebody else. So at least, so, at least you have control of your life. So yeah. to jump on... And you have little kids, and you can, I'm sure, speak to it, how important it is. So to jump on what he's saying, when I graduated, um, you know, I was fortunate enough that, <coughs> excuse me, that my father left me the building where he practiced in. Wow. Um, even That's though it, it was shut down for three years, you know, there was a physical building there. So, you know, I opened it up renovated it, gave it a new name, opened it up, not knowing how to run an office, right? Because when you're in medical school, they can teach you how to be the best doctor in the world. Law school doesn't Same teach you anything about right. running but a business. They, they don't tell you how to run a business. So, you know, I took massive losses, business decisions, but just I just knew that I didn't want to work for anyone. I knew I wanted to open up my own practice. And, just like um, me. You know, I believed in my hustle, and um, I still do till this day. You know, it's interesting because, at, at, and if we can – if. Jeff, if we can stay a little bit on this business and law and business and medicine, I'll tell you, um, experience. So I, I had always been in art. You know, I, I was in the an iron, union iron worker. My dad was the head of the union. Okay, and but I was like uh, the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer with the with the, the elf that wanted to be the dentist. Right. You know, I was a musician and and uh, it was really fun. It was into that. It was did it for a long time. Man, you did it all. Yeah, I've done it all. He's I'm reinvented not, himself a lot. Uh, yeah, and so uh, when I got in a nightclub business, I had an opportunity at a liquor license. My brother called me one night and I, and I'm like, no, I don't even drink. I, you know, but one thing leads to another. And, and he tells me, we're going to be the only after hours club in East Falls in Maniunk. I'm like, I'll take it. Then we moved downtown. Um, this is a short version. So we do really well for five years. I get an opportunity to open up a, a business with penthouse magazine. Okay. Now it wasn't a, a gentleman's club. So if I, if, obviously my wife wasn't standing for that one. Right. <laughs> but my, if it was, I might not be here right now. <laughs> trust me. Uh, but the point is we opened up that penthouse uh, lounge and grill, the only one in the United States of America. Okay. And we failed in five weeks and it was a million dollar, million dollar or, or more, maybe 1.3 million. And we, and we, and we only, we ran out of money. Point I'm making is this. I remember the devastation. I thought to myself, I am going to be remembered for this. Now, we then scrambled, educated myself, went around to McFadden's and, and asked them, hey, you guys have lines around the corner. You've been here seven years. I helped them with some politics. They helped me with their system. 
It took us three to four years, but we got out of that. I paid the last creditor, right? And I'll never forget, I called him up. We met at uh, a facility, and, and he comes in, and we give him the check. And my point is this. We moved on, uh, and we, we changed business models. Uh, we, we obviously got rid of the licensing agreement, but I wouldn't trade that experience for anything in the world. Why? Because... It, it, it taught me, you know, resilience and the fact that to never quit and, and to really understand. And it was not, humbling. You were humbled and, and it laser I wouldn't wish it next time. Yeah, no, I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't change it for anything, but I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Right. And I wouldn't want to go, I wouldn't want to go over. But you mentioned, uh, Manir, that, um, you know, you lost, uh, you know, money and all that, you know, but that's how you learn to be great. It's impossible to, uh, it's impossible to uh, generate success without failure. It's, it and, is. Any, I had an original person, partner and I had the same experience. Any really. person who says they're this huge, successful. They're not telling you the truth. Yeah, they're lying. Oh. Know, it's impossible. I remember sitting there looking and, and believe me, a lot of things were going through my head. But I will, you know, I will tell you this. I remember thinking to myself, well, I'm going to get through this and I'm, I wonder where I'm going to be in six to eight months. And guess what? Six to eight months, I mean, our place after Emerald City, which was a massive success, to this, to then we took it to the next business model. And I then I then knew and understand what layering a business was about. Yeah. Emerald City was all after hours, yeah. okay, and some parties. But the point I'm making is, just like any business, yeah. as, as, a, as a, like you said, Jeff, a, a, a law office, they, and I've heard a lot of uh, lawyers like yourself there's so many nuances to the law firm. But they don't it, teach you business and law when you go to law school. No school does. And it's a shame because I, I think that it, they need to do that starting in high school. There needs to be practical classes. It's almost like they don't want you to succeed. They either. don't. I mean, we learn about, and in law school in particular, and I'm sure you can speak to it about chiropractic school and medical school, it's all about the art and, and the trade, which is great. But you're not going to win. Or you're not going to succeed unless you have business sense. I and thought it was about no contracts. Vinny and my cousin Vinny <laughs> said they teach you contracts. Remember that? They, of course, it's the best movie. It's one of the greatest it, legal movies. It ever. is incredible. Right between working in your father's garage. No, I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, the law and medicine, and and my wife's a psychologist. There's really no practical training for business, and it's a big. You know, you're spending all that money to go to school, and really, the most one of the most important things you can learn is how do you run a business, and Absolutely. it's just not taught, and it's taught in the in the in the school of hard knocks, and all the stories we're telling. Absolutely, and I had a partner for five years, and we failed, and I went on my own, and I had to learn how to run a law firm. You have to be willing to to learn from your mistakes, admit them, and and observe around you. Talk about uh, being community friendly, and and your passion and your commitment to the community because. Uh, obviously, um, you know, you guys are a part of the fabric of the community, yeah. and that's what makes your practices great. No, that's a good question. I appreciate that question. Um, so, it, it, honestly, I have to take it back again to my father. To your so, father. So, my father was – so, I'm – for most people who don't know, I'm, I'm Middle Eastern. So, I was born Muslim. Um, so, my father was really big in – the Arabic community in the area where I grew up in, even even when I was younger and I didn't understand it, right? I was a knucklehead kid running around, playing baseball, chasing girls, you know, whatever it is, but... <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, it sounds about normal to me, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he was, you know, he was, you know... You know, older school, but Americanized old school in the sense where, you know, to the point where he built a mosque in the in Philadelphia for it was right off of uh, Second and Rising Sun. Um, he built a mosque for the wow. Muslim community, which now it's, 
you know, after his passing, they moved it to Luzerne, which is still there till this day. But, um, you know, even till this then, when I, till this day, when I first opened up my practice, you know, most people would see my last name and walk in and they would say, are you, you know, my father's name's Fozy Farah. Are you Fozy's son? And I would say, yeah. And then they would tell me their story about how they met my father and what my father, you know, what what their interaction was with them. What so, he meant to the community and yeah. what he meant to them in a, in a so medical you, sense. So you That's said great. something earlier that, that stuck out because one of, the, one of the things that I always take away that my father instilled in me was, I think you said something like, you know, you should always be kind to people or something in that matter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's 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 what my father kind of repeatedly repeated to us. Yeah. Even when he was big and, you know, made a little money or whatever, is always be nice to people. Even if they don't have as much money as you or they're homeless, always be nice to people. So um, that that's one thing that always sticks to me. Well, I'll tell you, it's a great benefit when you have a father. It, it also can be difficult. My father was the head of our union for 40 years when I got in there. I was Joe Doc's son. I would became I was Joe Doc's son for until I I created my it was there was kind of footsteps there. But having that having that when somebody walks in and and they and and your dad you know made the impact that he made. Okay, yes, it's did, the bar. Did bar's you feel high. pressure? Did you did you initially in the beginning? Did you feel pressure? Did you, you know, re intimidated? You know, you know what? A lot of people ask me that, and I think the honest answer is I didn't. Um, you know, I, I, I've always been the type of person where I've always tried to be my own individual. I try to, uh, you know, take my mom's advice, my father's advice, right, to who, who they mold me to be. Sure. And I try to be the best person. Now, if I fail to be my father, that's not an insult, right? So right. I just try to be the best person I can. And um, whatever people have an opinion of me before I pass, then that's just, you know, that's who it is. But that, I, I, my, my, my whole thing is treat people the way you want to be treated. You cannot go wrong. Absolutely. And, 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 and by the way, if you're, you know, if you fail to, to, to reach your father's status, at least you're shooting high and, and you'll still be what, you know what I mean? You know, it, 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 you'll, you'll have the an opportunity. And, but it also is a benefit when somebody will walk into your office and go, you know what? There's a trust factor there. Okay, and they're walking in, and and they're you know you're so and so son. I, I think I'm gonna give this a shot. Countless, countless stories. It was just like I would stop working. Right? It's like I'm not working. I'm just. It's a beautiful thing you hearing that story. You had a lot of building credibility to begin with. I mean, well, you had some currency. One guy some... flew in from Egypt one time from Egypt to come into the office and sat with me for a few hours just to talk about um, your you know, dad. This, this time, my stories. dad, my dad fought, helped his son. He flew him in from Egypt and. You know what that did to them, and so oh. he flew all the way from Egypt to have this conversation. With it's me. amazing. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I mean, see, those stories are priceless, and they create bonds and a trust level. Even, especially, by the way, as a chiropractor, because a lot of people who haven't tried chiropractic and are, they're all nervous about getting their neck cracked. I'll tell you right now, anybody who hasn't had it done, mother of God, please get it done. <laughs> there is literally nothing like it. It, it is. It might. It sounds like a crack, but it's as it's as enjoyable as the day is long. But when so it's they're already coming in. They're a little nervous. Having that connection, it just you know it doesn't get any better than that. I think trust is a big part of it, right? With any, absolutely with any profession, right? Law. Um, Law. I would with, say it's the biggest thing in my yeah. profession. I mean, you know, there's a million lawyers out there. You see the ads and you see the radio and the television, but and you go back if you could just be nice to people even if they don't have a good case even if you can't help them if you can give them a little bit of your time and show them that you care a little bit they they remember that they come back they'll send friends and family and that's how you build a successful business exactly so let, let's talk a little bit i mean 
obviously the trust levels is important and all that and your community focus but talk about setting expectations and and the culture of the practice so in other words you know when people come in there We've all gone to uh, restaurants and, and, you know, the food's great, but if the experience, if you have somebody there that's, you know, the bedside manner is very important. Talk about the culture of of the practice and, and what people can expect when they go and, and, and they get treatment there. So, personally, at my facility? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so, um, obviously, like I said, we're well-staffed with docs and, and um um, and employees, so we, ha- we we see quite a few visits a week. Um, so when they come in, obviously, you know, each person individually is, um, you know, they have their own treatment plan, so we treat them, obviously, first individually in a room, and then we have, like, a pretty big uh, physical therapy center where each person, um, they do their, it's essentially like an exercise routine. So they get passive care, they get active care um, in every visit, right? So um, everyone usually usually benefits it, benefits from it. But I'm also talking about the face of the, like the, the, the receptionist. Like, you know, it was carrying your sentiment. You're, you're clearly a personal person. Somebody carrying that, you know, you know what, what yes. can people expect with, with that bedside manner? Because I had a girl at my desk that ticked off about 5,000 people, and I didn't find out about it until six months. And, and she was always nice to me. When you put together a successful place, the team around you was incredible. 100%, important. right? So that's that's the structure that gets put in, right, from yep. the interviewing process to um, the training process. So, you know, we have expectations, right? I wanted to, to build a place where, you know, not only people can come, right, because they're coming to our facility and they're hurt. So, oh, yeah. you know, so we want to make it a place where, you know, they're feeling welcomed. It's like, it's like, a, it's family. Isn't it so hard as a business owner to find people right now? I mean, I, I feel like since COVID, it just got exponentially more difficult to find qualified people that want to come to work and want to give effort and, and they expect high salaries and benefits and all these packages, yet I don't really feel like they want to, you know, make the effort to do what it takes to, to get the job done. So it's very if, frustrating. So if you want an honest answer from COVID on, that's probably the hardest thing about being a business owner. I would agree. Is finding good people who want to work. And like you said, they want, you know, they're so used to getting so much free money, I guess, right? And not working and, uh, you know, putting a team together. So, yeah, there's been a ton of admin work. So a little bit, a little bit about our practice, right? So um, I figured out once I started working from 2010, 11, 12, 13, that, I started to realize that I loved the business side of things. Um, I love treating people, but I love the business side of things more. So, um, so I have a great group of doctors that work for me, and we've gotten you know so busy to the point where I was physically making myself sick from physically yeah. practicing treating patients, I, and then handling. Here's a physically demanding job too. I mean, it's just it so much to it. But then, there, but then there's, but then there's right. the other aspects, right? We the have paperwork. To, we have to make sure not only the paperwork's done, but then there's the, you know, the the work with the lawyers. Lawyers need certain things. They Reports, call courts testimony. You got to refer yeah. to all types of other doctors. So it became to a point where I had to sit down and make a decision. I had to do one or the other. Yeah. I couldn't do both. So I, you know, I made the decision to give up practicing in the office. Um, and at first it was tough for me, but I mean, I, I get the b- best of both worlds cause I still treat so many people, friends and family and so many, you know, 
of my friends call me up. They come to the office. So I still get a good amount of, you know, treating people, but I get to focus on the business and the building aspect. And the grow and the growing it. You know, I, I can totally relate to you. You know, even with talk radio, like um, we have uh, select clients and I spend as much time. Jeff will tell you, you know, he'll get my, you know, emails. I was up last night preparing for this. Okay. I mean, and, and two other shows I did today. Point I'm making is, my wife says to me, you work 24-7. I love the creative process, and I want to be prepared when I meet a doctor like you and do, a, do Jeff's show. Um, but it's, it's, you know, you got to steer that ship. And I guess you come to a realization, okay, and the fact that you're able to get great doctors around you, and, and, to be, and that's a talent in itself. Um, and so and it always is trouble, difficult when you're trying to you get somebody to, to pick up a particular side. You're just letting go in certain areas. But if you don't do it, you won't have a business. Your work-life or you balance is so important. Or you'll be sick. The hardest part was letting go, right? right. Yeah. Because sure. with me, from a personal aspect, I looked at it like, you know, this was the building my father practiced in. Absolutely. So that, that part was hard. But, right. you know... It's not fun making yourself physically sick, right? right. When you know there's nothing wrong with you, but you're running to the bathroom throwing up because you're exhausted. Yeah, right? that's not fun. It's not. It's not fair to the wife. It's not fair to. I me. ended up in the emergency room. Yeah, I ended up, uh, you know, literally heart palpitations. Thought I had a heart attack. All that. I still take the medication because I'm. I'm work. I was working around. I also was dehydrating. I wasn't. Drinking you have to water. figure out time for you, and you've got to make time for your family, yourself, personal care. And then the business, too. It's a lot of work for, for people that own businesses like us 100%. to find that balance. Yeah, 100%. Talk about the edu- it, when it comes to chiropractic and, and, and uh, y- you know, the therapy. Talk about the importance of educating the clientele that comes in. because there's, and, and you get into the wellness part of it. Because there's so much to chiropractic, not just adjusting people, but also the, the, the health and wellness part of it. And people are yeah. often resistant to change. Talk about that. <laughs> process so, so there's two aspects to that so in, in in our sort of business because we're treating people who are injured in accidents we don't have to sort of educate them on not only you know the post wellness care yeah right so there are definitely other offices that do that that's what they do right that's part of their their niche it's right like they, tell, they tell them why they should come in and get treated yeah you don't have to tell people why they're already hurt they're hurt exactly so but yeah no that education once they come in is there's that education explaining what chiropractic is and what we do per se and then there's the education part to explain it to to them what is exactly is wrong with them um, pre and post MRIs, right? And then explaining their diagnosis. All our doctors and staff do a really good job with that because, you know, we have 3D models and spines and, you know, different uh, models that we can show them, right? I don't know about you, but I'm a, I'm a visual person. So, mm-hmm. um, and they appreciate that. Um, that's part of the building process because you're with the doctors for months at a time. So, were you always involved in personal injury? Was your father involved, or was it more? I, I would think it's gotten more prevalent since you've been practicing. My father was involved in PI. He was. Um, yeah, one of the biggest regrets was, like I said, when I was younger, I wasn't smart enough to let me let me go into the office, shadow him, soak all this information in. Right, so. I knew he did PI. I didn't know anything about PI. You didn't get the whole. You didn't get the whole structure yeah. of oh, what no, he really no, no. was doing. I, I just right. knew it was car accidents. Okay. That's all I knew. But you know what? It, it is a damn shame that you that that, that you missed that opportunity to. to, to it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thanks. You would have saved. Is. You would have saved uh, a lot of time and money. <laughs> no, but I'm. I'm just. Well, the point is to have a legendary individual who's no, incredibly successful and all that. 
And you but know, but Joe, you know, when you're a kid, when, when the oh, but, last uh, but I, well, I'm talking. You're, you're, you think your parents are going to live forever? That's you know? right. And I, you my, think you're invincible in the beginning? You think yeah. you got the world? I got. Oh no, we're 23. Same exact thing. I got it, Dad. Whatever. I got this. Right. He, he unfortunately got sick. He passed away from cancer. So, oh, yeah, so it, it was sudden. So, but yeah, you know, obviously it would have been great to, right? First right. hand, right? Sure. And, so, and someone who can set it to you straight, he's your father, right? Well, now, if you could speak to your 21 year old self, that, oh. hey, I, I need to do these things with dad and I need to listen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I need but Jeff, Jeff, that show, by the way, if we could all talk to our 21 year olds, <laughs> <laughs> what a talk it would be. It'd be, yeah, it'd be it, a it, lot of bleeping, right? Oh, right? oh yeah. Right. Right. It would sound like Morse code on the broadcast. What are you doing? How could you? Be out every night, but, but but on the other hand, okay, that would that that would have been priceless and all that. But to talk about reality, what is amazing about learning yourself, I like Jeff said, obviously invented myself and did a lot of things growing up. My dad got us into sports and music, okay, and I took both of them serious. So, but we used to, you know, we recorded a lot of songs when we started off. We recorded with a, a, a recording machine about this big. It wasn't a state-of-the-art 64-track studio where you could just plug in all the instruments and just turn up or down. We had to learn how to use that thing, okay? By the time we got to the big stuff, we could, we knew, you know, could take it apart. We knew literally, you know, the internal parts of recording, and it just, you learned it yourself. In other words, you were, because, you know, you were, you had to make the mistakes like we all did. A lot of trial. You didn't have that yeah. luxury, of course, of, of and, you, and we would all sit back and go, my brother and I said this, about ourselves in the in the, in the, in the, in the uh, club business, we didn't have somebody over us saying, "Don't make this mistake, don't make that mistake." But if you can get through it and end up where you're at now, Doc and 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 Jeff, fact of the matter is, is that you know what built your business, you understand the foundation, you put it together, you lived it, and that's how longevity happens. Even if Dad would have helped you, I mean, I, most people have to learn their own way. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's you can talk and talk and talk about things in life, but until they happen to you. It doesn't really sink in, and it doesn't really change you. Uh, you know, Listen, and that's the problem. It's e- it's easy to say, sit there and say, right? I I only want to worry about the things I can't control, right? Right. But, I mean, who does that, right? Every, right. We're all like <laughs> a- anxious freaks. That's right. right. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's so, right. So you know, I always. But the one thing that I I do always try to tell myself is, listen. It could always be better. It could always be worse. Right. So, you know, you could always do better, but you can always be doing a lot worse. Yeah, so. I, I, true. And when you're a perfectionist, like I know you are, and, and I know Jeff is, um, you have to have some sort of logic involved or you'll drive yourself nuts along with physically sick. Let's, let's, by the way, we just, we blew through a break. So um, what I want to do is we're going to, we're going to, can can we continue to go? We got uh, sure. All right, let's do. We get breaks. No breaks. There's no breaks here. Well, this is a three-hour yeah. show, right? Yeah. Right. This is just. It is. We got, Philly, time. we got a Phillies game. We're filling catch. time before the Phillies and, game. And, and, we're in a rain delay. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, but Doc, talk about the. Um, you know the, the who your clients are, and what type of injuries they are, what type of uh, you know uh, yep. individuals come through those doors, and you know uh, the, the the variety of injuries that you guys treat. Yeah, so that's a good question. So I touched on it earlier. So uh, mostly all our clients are either you know have been injured by either being in a MBA, either inside the car or a pedestrian um, on a motorcycle, um, injured at work slip and fall or any any other type of trauma right so we get all types of cases you know we get cases where you know police assaults uh, you know whatever whatever it may be um nine times out of ten those those people come in um either represented by an attorney or need representation 
Um, the good thing about our facility is, like I told you, we've been around for that many years that, you know, we do get a decent amount of people who walk in because of the building's been there for such a long time and walk in and say, hey, I was in this type of case. You know, do you have an attorney that you can recommend? So that's one of the positives that, you know, we offer as well. Well, And by the way, you don't get that without the trust. Like, you know, somebody walks in, they know you're going to help them. They know you're going to help them physically. You've had a great reputation there. Just so you know, that doesn't happen a lot. So I've been in the business since 93. And when I came in the business, the doctors gave lawyers the cases. So we had to market and and really kiss the butts of lawyers. And then advertising became prevalent and television and radio and all the things that you see now. and And it completely shifted. The ones like you, Dr. Farrer, that still get walk-ins and people that trust you to go to the lawyer are very, very few and far between. And it, it really is kudos to you because you don't see it very often. I don't need to market to doctors anymore. Doctors are calling me 100%. 100% more than I'm calling yeah. them now. And, so and it's not, interesting. And not to throw any names out there. So when I first started in the industry, when my father was practicing, like yeah. you said, he was getting so much work from the community yep. that he was giving them out to so many attorneys. You know, they would... And so when I first started, so here's a, here's a quick backstory, right? <clears throat> so one of the things that I did when I first started, and I haven't really told too many people this, right? Well, you're going to tell 10,000 now. I'm going to so. tell 10,000 now. So <laughs> keep, keep it to yourself. Guys. Okay. <clears throat> um, you know, I, I was sitting in this building. It was shut down. It was still drapes everywhere, right? You know, it wasn't open. I just graduated. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking like, you know, I have no money. I have like a quarter million dollars in debt. What am I going to do? Um, you know, I go, in, I go into the basement where all the file cabinets were. Um, and I just start, you know, flip, flipping through these folders, right? You know, you have soap notes on the right. You have certain papers on the left. And I noticed on each folder, there's a letter of representation, from a law firm, whoever represented that patient. So I would flip through all the books and I noticed that there's quite a bit, a few of this person's name and this person's name. So it took me about a week because there was thousands and thousands of folders. I took that letter of representation out and I put it in piles. So I, I went and realized that there's person A, it was this big, B, C, D. I went out, I bought a suit, I went down to these offices and I walked into these Met these lawyers. Met these lawyers. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Monir Farah. I'm Dr. Farah's son. I know he did a lot of work for you. Um, I'm opening up this office, you know, soon. I'm hoping that, we, you know, we can continue doing work. Not knowing what I was doing. <laughs> Just kind of hoping that one of them would be like, take me under your wing. Faking it until you make Faking it. Fake it until you make it, yeah. You know? That is awesome. Right. So, so I went in and, you know, and not to throw these people's names out there, but you know, the bigger piles, you'd be surprised. Some of the bigger piles were reluctant to help. Huh. Yeah, you know. Interesting. It was, you know, that's the industry we're in. And, Took you know, some convincing yeah. and people are, are, are distrustful. It's true. Yeah, some people are just like, you know, yeah. You know, Tough so, profession you and I Sorry dad, sure, we'll help and never heard anything back. Right. I'm, I'm the type where, listen, I'm not going to beg you for work. I'd love to have a relationship with you, but if it's something that you don't want to extend your arms out to, then. You had to go out and, and pave your own way and yeah. meet new people. But that's are, how we met. You know, that's how you and I met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about it. Wow. I, I love that story. I, I Listen. I, I went out and pounded the, you know, so when we were after hours club, I pounded all the early, early clubs and said, listen, you know, we'll give, you know, we'll take care of all your, your staff, send your people to our place afterwards. But I'm saying that, and, and I wasn't sending the team out to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you know, you got to go out. They need to 
put a face with the yeah, place. Yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit about the 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 you know the, the wide array of actual physical ailments or injuries that you treat from back to yep. um, you know the scope of, of of types of types of work injuries of types of car accidents. Like in other words. What are the types of injuries you deal with? Yeah, so so it's literally head to toe, right? When you're in a car accident, you don't know what's going to happen. We get a lot of head injuries, concussions, obviously neck, um, upper back, mid back, low back is is a very common complaint. Um, but anything from you know any extremities, shoulders, elbows, wrists, we rehab hips, knees, ankles. So it's top to bottom. You know, you know people come in um, initially. You know they 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 tell us what bothers them. We do an initial exam. Um, you know. We we obviously notate what we find, and during the course of treatment, if things don't get better, we want to we want to MRI them and see what's going on in there. Um, and you know, then we can once we find once we get the results back and we see you know the extent of the injuries, then we can kind of tweak our um, our treatment protocols. And you have a referral network to all the specialists, neurologists, orthopedic yeah, surgeons. You ortho- send people to physiatrists yeah. if need be. Yeah, and that's yeah. so important. As a lawyer. When I get a case, sometimes it's criminal and divorce. I don't handle that. It's really important for me to refer yeah. that to somebody that can help these people. And that's one, not to cut you oh, off. Please. That's, yeah, that's one of the things that, uh, that I try to um, get lawyers to trust me in a sense where when you send me somebody, they're going to get worked up from A to Z. If they need a, a, um, a neurologist, we're going to send them out to a neurologist. So that's another area of your profession that doesn't always exist, and you're sort of a, a unicorn when it comes to that. There's a lot of people that, in my profession, grab the PIP. They'll grab $5,000. The person doesn't have an MRI. They don't see the orthopedic surgeon, and they have what's called limited tort. How can I prove a serious injury if you didn't adequately work them up? And I've had to have some pretty uncomfortable conversations with people that didn't do, didn't do well by the patient. Well, and it hurts. It's, it's a marathon, right? It's not a race. And I think a lot of people's uh, mentalities is when you don't put patient care first, it's going to hurt you at the end, right? Because most people, you know, they'll think like, all right, you know, put patient care aside. Let's look at it from a business. I need to earn money. But if you do it the right way, you're going to earn money. Right. So. But you know what's interesting? We Believe it or not, we only have a couple minutes left, okay? Your wife always says, uh, Jeff, the fastest hour in radio. Well, <laughs> I'm going to steal that one from her. From no her breaks show, this right? time. No breaks. But, but, but um, Doc, you, you know, you see individuals, if you say injured workers, they've been beat up by the system. Yeah. And, and the fact that you are patient advocates and you care about the patients and getting them better and doing all those things, and you're willing to go to bat for them, you know, when it comes to the depositions and, and testify on behalf of them, because they get beat up so bad 100%. often by the panel, Doc. Talk about that, that the importance of, of being a patient advocate, and, you know, especially after dealing with somebody who's been so used to being beat up by the other, yeah, the other no, side. No, we go to war for our patients, you know, whether... Awesome. You're t- you, you know, you're talking about um, on the workman's comp side. Yeah. yeah, we you know we depose all the time. Whether you know it's either the chiros or the MDs that depose. But yeah, we go to war for our patients. Even when even the MVA side, you know, even the insurance companies, they think that they're on their side. They're not on their side. Even your own car insurance. Is oh, a, they're is, completely not exactly. On your side. <laughs> they're not. They're, they're not under, on your side. No. Listen, they, that might be an un, uninsured or underinsured motorist, and now all of a sudden you're at, you're at odds with your own. 
Uh, you know, your own insurance. You can spend an hour about things that car insurances do. Just, just one takeaway and, and spread the gospel to your patients that when you think that you're making a statement to your own insurance company and it's all safe and happy, it's all used against you later 100%, 100%. on. And, and tell people to talk to their lawyer before they talk to State Farm. Because they're not there to help you. And, and, and Jeff, not. real quick, because we only have two minutes left, just real remind our listeners, obviously, as our host of our broadcast, uh, about your practice, what types of uh, cases you handle. Sure. Uh, my name is Jeffrey Nirenberg. It's Nirenberg Law Associates, and we handle every type of car accident, slip and fall, work accident. Uh, I talked about my dog being attacked today. I've, ha- I've handled dog bite cases, homeowners claims, but, but predominantly premises liability, slip and fall, and car accidents in PA, New Jersey, and all the surrounding communities in Philadelphia. And uh, I've been around uh, for almost 30 years now. And, uh, you know, thanks to good doctors like Dr. Farah, um, I've been able to have a successful career because my whole profession depends on doctors and good doctors that make patient care the first and, and most important priority. And it's a contingency fee agreement. Uh, people don't pay out of pocket when they walk through your doors. It's, I think, you know, we've talked about this. You and I have talked about this so many times. You get a great lawyer and, and then obviously a great doctor, uh, and you don't pay anything until you win money. So speak, win speaking money, of unicorns, one thing that our office does is if a patient treats – and there's no PIP or anything like that. They've been treated for months. I completely write off the bill. Most doctors' offices will not do that. Not, and by they, the way, they, will they go, pursue you. They, they, they pursue the patients. Oh, yeah. We will never, ever, They ever pursue the, the lawyer, too. Talk, talk about going to war for your patients. Doc, yeah. I, that's probably, and we've been doing this for seven, eight years, the coolest thing I've ever heard a doctor say, we go to war for our patients. Well, having said that, I go, I, I, I go, I go to war for my, for my, for my hosts and my guests. Oh, man, <laughs> you guys are awesome. <laughs> I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to Legal Talk with Jeff Nirenberg. Uh, a fantastic uh, broadcast. We want to thank Dr. Munir Farah of Advanced Recovery Chiropractic Center. Uh, Doc, real quick, contact information if anybody wants to get in touch. Yeah, so um, you know the. One of our main office numbers is you can dial us two six seven three three six seven seven two five. www.the-arcc.com. Awesome. Jeff Nierenberg, contact information. So uh, I'm at uh, 215-569-9100, and I'm Jeff at phillypilaw.com. Fantastic. Well, awesome show. Again, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in and and, and to a fantastic broadcast. Uh, On behalf of of our host, Jeff Nierenberg, and our guest, Dr. Manir Farah, I'm Joe Doherty. Thanks for listening, everybody. Suffering a personal injury due to the negligence of another, whether it be from a motor vehicle accident, an Uber or Lyft accident, a slip and fall accident, a workplace accident, or other, can be a devastating, even life-altering experience. Jeffrey Nuremberg of Nuremberg Law Associates understands how an injury can turn your life upside down. That's why he represents his clients with the utmost care and passion. At Nuremberg Law Associates, you get the representation and resources you need to win and the personal touch and results you deserve. Contact Jeff Nuremberg of Nuremberg Law Associates at 215-569-9100 or online at phillypilaw.com and get the recovery and justice you deserve.